0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Ivan Cash. Ivan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: What's up, Rob? Happy to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. For those of you who don't know Ivan Cash, he is an award-winning artist and, uh, and, and director who believes in the power of human connection. You've been featured in everything, like, literally like everything, uh, from, from Times, CNN, The New York Times, MSNBC, Fast Company, Wired. Um, and multiple Vimeo staff picks um, and, and Webby Awards as, as well, or honorees as well. Um, and I loved all those Vimeo staff picks, and to, to be in that, in that group is pretty awesome. So that's so cool, man. And then you were, uh, you've been recognized as, in 2016, you were recognized by Forbes as a 30 under 30 artist, and Art Directors Club Young Gun. Or just again, that's like crazy. I just, all right,
1: yeah. all right. I think, I think people get this. <laughs> probably. He's, a probably He's a winner. He's a winner.
0: So that's all really impressive, especially for a guy your age. Um, but I want to, you know, at the outset of your career, and
1: all, all, of, all of that makes me happy all the time. I'm never depressed or down. It totally, yeah. my life is just easy peasy all the time. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: that's awesome. So uh, at the outset of your career, uh, you know, like when when was it? When did you first start putting it together that you wanted to work in film? And and um, I heard that you got a- arrested, and that kind of like helped start your career. Is that is that right?
1: Yep, yep. Um, so I was taking a screen printing class. I went to a small state school in upstate New York called SUNY Geneseo. Um, they're not really known for art or communications. Actually, they, after I graduated, they cut their art program. So wow. it's it really was kind of Uh, I happened to be taking a screen printing class. I made a t-shirt that I decided to sell in New York city and it was, it was about the New York Knicks. I'm a big Knicks fan. Uh, which is depressing. (laughs) And, uh, long story short, I got arrested after the fourth game that I went to selling the shirts outside of Madison square garden where the Knicks play. And after I got out of the holding cell in Midtown South, I called, um, a couple of newspapers and just told them about what happened And then the next day, the New York Daily News on their first page ran a big color photo and um, it said, student arrested for um, these T-shirts. And from there, I was interviewed on ESPN Radio and uh, the shirt was featured in Slam Magazine, which I had a subscription to at the time. So it was just like a a pretty cool moment of like seeing the power of an idea that could spread into culture. And then about a year later, when I graduated and was looking for jobs, I didn't go to ad school or film school. So like or portfolio school, I didn't really have a background or connection. So I was just literally cold emailing every single place I could find. And, um, no one wrote me back. And then finally this one place, Venables Bell and partners in San Francisco reached out and the creative director that hired me, uh, loved that I'd gotten arrested for this project and thought it was really cool. And so that he told me, he's like, "That this is why I'm hiring you because this is like a rad story."
0: So yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I know the feeling of, of not getting responses, and that's kind of like what this podcast kind of turned all about It's to it's, uh, encouraging people to keep sending and keep pushing, and there there will be one that will kind of turn it around. That's um, a, all. All you need is one. You've Got to hustle. That's true. And then now your work focuses mainly. Uh, on the human connection and and it really has like purpose and direction and and i remember the first time that i i saw your work i was kind of like my work doesn't really have because you know it's like you look at your work and it's like all about the human connection and and there are other things there but there's the primary focus is on that Um, and there's a point of view
1: i think i think a lot of my work has a point of view now
0: right yeah for sure um and and when some when i uh was like when i first found your work i was trying to to see if i had that but did you always have that direction? Did you always want to do that? Or did it evolve? Or was there a project or a moment where that kind of flipped?
1: Sure. I think both. I think I've always had that sensibility in a way. I think that anyone that's ever been lonely at some point in time can kind of uh, connect to this idea of of connection and and understand that that's... I I grew up, I was the only Jewish kid in my high school or in my school. um, And I grew up in a very conservative town with a hippie mom and an artist father and so just on a basic like connection level I was coming out as a radical outsider right. and um that that I think that's what started my fascination with connection because I didn't have that and right. I got bullied a ton and um you know called anti-semitic remarks and uh I think then street art is the first medium that really inspired me and got me interested in art in general um you know people like banksy and this idea of like making something accessible rather than in the context of like a gallery space making something that talks to like the everyday person i felt like a lot of banksy's work spoke to me um reading adbusters magazine and uh in some ways kind of being disgusted by like consumerism and you know wondering well like well what is what is there to communicate if not to, like, ask someone to buy something?
0: Right. And
1: for me, the, the next logical thing was, like, how can, how can I create a connection or how can I speak to someone that might be going through life how I feel like I had been going through, which was, like, uh, somewhat introverted, um, kind of studying people in an anthropological way. Right. Um, I think Miranda July is another artist that has done a really great job of making work that is um, – very curious and casts a light on the human condition. Um, Post Secret is a, a mail project where people send their secrets via postcard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I remember reading that, going I used like, to read those page all, after all page.
0: the time. I, re- I read so the like, whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like what, 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 what? How would you describe the feeling that you get when you go through those?
0: I, I just like it because it's it's you're you're seeing something that's that's raw and emotional, and I think that. That we live in a world now where that's not uh you know I think that there's never been a time where more people have been connecting but I think that they're connecting in disingenuous ways sort of kind of posturing and I think that when you read those letters or when you see you know people drawing other people spoiler alert uh when you see <laughs> that that's uh that's really meaningful and it, and it connects to a, a you feel it whereas, whereas it's not just like oh like that's cool or that's like That's shareable, it's real, and it's genuine. I mean, so
1: yeah, I mean, I I think that like that raw, that feeling is what inspired me when I was, I mean, it still inspires me, but that's kind of what spoke to me and inspired me to pursue a path as an artist, as a filmmaker. And I think in all of my work, my strongest desire is to like, yeah, have someone feel something and create some sort of empathy. And it doesn't have to mean that they like it, but I want them to like, you know, in some way, have their preconception be challenged or to think some- differently or just to feel something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For,
0: for sure. That's awesome, man. You, I've been fascinated recently by the idea of like where you get your start from, but even before like you make a decision about a career, like where it's first influenced. Like in your, you know, they say in your formative years, uh, I know you mentioned that you had uh, hippie parents and that you're, um, they're, you know, they were both artists um was it their influence that that made you want to go out down this road or or was it something before that was it coloring in the basement was there a, a thing that you did when your parents you know were proud right. show their friends was there anything like that
1: sure um i i guess growing up i, w- I got really into film pretty early like my parents had a a whole, like a an old camcorder i guess like a bulky ass camcorder that i would just use and film shit with my friends and then they sent me to an an editing camp how nerdy does that sound a film editing camp when i was in middle school and i <laughs> loved like it sounds like you have yeah. cool
0: parents i wish I had, my I
1: had to edit here. uh i mean they also sent me to live action role-playing camps but we're not going to talk about that still um
0: cool i'm wearing a nickelodeon shirt bro i'm i'm all in I'm you're, you're in gonna-
1: um <laughs> so i i think i didn't realize it at the time but i that definitely had a profound impact on My interest in storytelling and in thinking about media in this way of like, you know, even though we didn't have cell phones with cameras at the time, I had a camera and I was encouraged to shoot as much as possible and edit whatever, you know, make whatever films I wanted. And it's not to say that anything I made was, you know, particularly strong, but I think just that being encouraged to experiment. And, you know, so my dad's a fine artist and that comes with a lot... That's a, a double-edged uh, sword. So on one hand, uh, you know, growing up, there'd be years where his art would sell, and we'd be doing great as a family, and then years where his art didn't sell, and shit sucks, and it's wow. like money's tight. That's and that's, that is, that uh, is, in some ways, I don't wish that on anyone. But I think the older I get, the more... And for a while, I mean, I think that's in a lot of ways what inspired inspired my career to be, yes, I make art and films on my own, but I'm very um, determined and responsible in having brand work as well. Even if it isn't necessarily like checking the box for my like truest artistic expression, Mm -hmm. it's important to have, to be responsible and to, you know, support my creativity holistically. Um, What I do think it did in having my parents is it, yeah, it encouraged me to take risks, and I was always told I can do whatever I want. Right. And now I know people that weren't told that, or were told you, you can't steer outside of this very like narrow path. And um, that that I think that has pretty profound impact. And it can be, you know, I think you can like set a child up for success and to feel empowered, or you can set a kid up to really feel kind of boxed in. And I think it takes a lot to overcome that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you think, and I know you mentioned about, you know, um, and I think that for, for years there has been kind of this, this gap between work that is, you know, for branding and, and, um, and then there was, you know, like fine art and there's kind of a gap, but but now we see more and more that brands, um, are engaging with people like yourself. And in some cases, I think that they're only looking to work with people like yourself or, you know, John Contino or, or whoever it may be that brings their own personal side of it, like their, you know, their lack of rules is what makes their content, you know, engaging. Do you think right. that that will continue to happen? Is that a phase you, or, or do you think that people I think, now want something more legit, something more genuine, you know? I mean,
1: I think we all want something authentic. Right Whatever that word means, I think it's it's overused, but yeah um, I think in commissioning an artist, a brand is getting something that is real and true and uncompromised, and that's the value. I think that sometimes brands are in a position where they can that's okay, and other times they're in a position where they need more control over the final message, and that's a different scope. Right. Um, for me, in general, anytime I'm engaging with a brand, I kind of put it in a separate mental box where you know, it's creative, but it's not my art. Mm. And that allows, I've learned from trial and error. I did a big Toyota, I directed a Toyota project um, a couple of years ago. And it was this really heartfelt, poignant documentary. And and I'm happy with how it turned out, but I, in my head, it was my art. And every time there was changes or pushback, I got really defensive and kind of cagey. And, um, you know, I think that like, as creatives, one needs to like fight for what's right, but there's also a degree of letting go. You know, I think you you mentioned John Cantino, and I think there's a number of artists that have a specific style that a brand can approach them and say like, we want this for this purpose. I think with me, it's a little more challenging because I don't have a specific style. I have, I think a lot of my work has a, a similar emotional quality, but from a visual perspective, it's, it's, I've done a lot of different projects and explored a lot of different mediums. Right. And so, you know, there have been some brands that have gotten that. I've been commissioned by um, L'Oreal and uh, Airbnb and, you know, another number of others. But there's also, I think it presents its own challenges because it's not as defined. And so in general, when brands have approached me, it's for a specific project and they want something very similar to that.
0: So let's talk about a few, uh, a few case studies. Um, of your work and uh, some of the projects, so people that don't know, you can get a better idea. Um, sure. One of my personal favorites and one of my favorite companies, uh, Airbnb, Strangers Drawing Strangers, um, you connected thousands of strangers to draw each other and the results really were, were beautiful, um, to say the least. And I, I think that uh, a project like that can make somebody want to go to the store and buy you know markers and start drawing again. Uh, So what was that like? What was it like to see the final results to see the reactions? And what's it like to work with a great company like Airbnb?
1: Sure. So Prior to strangers drawing strangers with Airbnb um, Was a project that I co-created with an incredible artist named Jeff Greenspan out of New York and it was called selfless portraits and um, we actually came up with the idea together as partners at Facebook's creative lab and Facebook didn't buy it. Um, and the, the idea was strangers across the world drawing each other's Facebook profile pics, right? And um, Genius yeah. Like- long story short, we tried to pitch it to brands via Facebook. Everyone loved it, but no one bought it. And so finally we were like, fuck it. We're just going to independently produce it. And we spent a year working with a development company, Rally Interactive out of Utah, brought on a producer. And um, yeah, spent a year making it. And we had over 50,000 portraits drawn from 152 countries. You can go to selflessportraits.com and check it out. So it was a massive success. Okay. Um, and when Airbnb approached me before Sundance um, last year, they want their their theme at the time was One Less Stranger, mm-hmm. their tagline. And so they wanted to
0: – and a lot of
1: my work deals with connecting strangers. And so they came to me with a kind of a specific ask, which was can I – take one of my pre-existing projects and uh, create an experience out of it, make an interactive installation. They didn't have the budget to come up with an entirely new concept. They wanted to sort of adapt something. And yeah, it felt like adapting selfless portraits would be the most appropriate fit. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff Greenspan was cool about it. And um, it, it was tremendously successful. One of the things that I'll share with you is that before when we were talking about it, when it was still just a conversation between me and the producers at Airbnb, they were really concerned about, you know, not not everyone that's gonna come through the doors is an artist or identifies as an artist. Right. And how are we going to break that barrier and get people to participate? That was that was a big concern, right? We don't right. want to make it inaccessible. And I, I didn't really have an answer. I said, you know, I, I think we'll just have to encourage people and say, like, it doesn't matter what your skill is, your skill level, what your experience is. Like, this is just about connecting with people and having fun. And, um, it it couldn't have worked out better. So we had a line out the door for a good part of the main weekend at Sundance. Um, people were coming back to draw more people. People were coming back to spend more time on the drawing. And, um, it was so rad to have people come back, get their portrait that, um, someone else had drawn of them and just to feel that connection and, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of my work up until 2015 was online-based, right. and that was one of the first experiential projects that I did, and it was, it was really inspiring. Yeah. I think that there's, there's something cool about putting a project online and having it connect people, but there's something, to me, much more powerful about being in person and experiencing that, and that's in a lot of ways what's led to a lot of my work making documentaries is I can like, be with people and connect with them in real life. Right. Um, yeah.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah, that was one of the projects I saw that I was like, man, I'm a hack. That's how, like, how I felt because <laughs> you got, like it's so many people were engaged and, and it seemed like so fun and uh, that's a really cool, cool project. Um, we're kind of jumping around. Sure. Jumping around the timeline here. Um, and then 2011, you launched uh, a really successful campaign and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Snail mail my email which entailed uh, hundreds of volunteers around the world, handwriting, again, strangers, emails, and then sending them physical letters um, to their intended recipients. Um, sorry, I think, I'm, I think I need glasses at this point. Uh, the free community art. <laughs> I know. I'm, waiting, I'm ready for the, uh, for the Warby Parker days. I'm ready. The free uh, community art project resulted in the mailing of over 7,000 letters in a five-day span in 2014. Uh, how did you come up with that idea? I mean,
1: snail so mail, my email started in a really simple way. I was working at Wyden Kennedy in Amsterdam and was unhappy. I was sending too many emails. I've always loved handwritten letters. I think that when you receive a handwritten letter, it, it's, to me, it's an unparalleled experience. Yeah, sure. And if you ever want to let someone know that you care about them, send them a handwritten letter and it will work. Right. Um, and so I quit my job at Wyden after only five months, which is a big deal. So I broke my contract. I had to pay back relocation expenses and move back to the States. And, um, but I, I was just really clear I wanted to have more time to work on my own projects. And the first one I launched was this idea I'd had for a couple months where I wanted to offer people a free service where, actually at first I was thinking of having people pay me, but um, <laughs> I, I realized it would, I'd get more people involved to just say, hey, Send me an email, a recipient's address, I'll handwrite it, and I'll do a doodle, and uh, I'll send it out for free. Right. And um, I think it, it's one of those things that it was too good to be true. Like, why would anyone do that for free? And I'm, I'm really drawn by these ideas of, like, oh, that that can't be possible, that can't be a real thing. Right. And then someone looks into it, and they're like, oh, shit, like, this isn't really a thing. Like, why would anyone volunteer their time to, like, send a letter to, like, my Uncle Jim? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... Oh,
0: let's try it. Let's try it out. Yeah, that's. What
1: yeah, I mean. yeah, I like I like trying it. So there wasn't really much of a more of a plan than that. And I remember thinking at the time, a buddy asked me, he was like, "What's going to happen if oh, you get too many letter requests?" And I was like, uh, "I'll like I'll cross that road when I come to it. I'll I'll have an intern help me out if I need to." Right. And then on the fourth day of the project, after I had sent it out to family and friends, and I sent it out to a couple blogs, Gizmodo picked it up, and then a thousand letter requests came through on the fourth day of the project. Wow. And I was like, I was like, wow. And then quickly followed by fuck. Yeah. What am I going to do? Now what? And yeah, through a, a series of wild events that could only happen on the internet, I really quickly was able to assemble a team of hundreds of volunteer letter writers. So people that were coming to the site to request a letter, there was a note that I put saying, Hey, looking for letter artists, volunteers, and people people reached out. People wanted to help, and so um, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but I think over the project span we've had, I want to say 900 volunteers. It's it's on it's on snail mail, my email, right. and um, sent out uh, 29,000 letters all around the world. And uh, there's a book that came out, sold at Urban Outfitters and Barnes and Noble, and yeah, it all, it all came from a very simple idea with pretty modest. Um, intentions
0: let's talk about I want to talk about a new project that you did with uh, Fote is that the proper way to pronounce that Mo- yeah it's ca- uh, a music video called Monday I've been listening to him all morning by the way on Spotify awesome Fote great yo yeah. you know, Fote if you want to do the meet the creatives if you want to do the theme song I don't got a lot of money but you could do it man you are the man it's a guy right <laughs> wow. Um Brooke- so it's a uh, Brooklyn based elect- uh, electronic music um and the video depicts a woman's dreary routine, one that so many designers and and people who work in the city can relate to. Uh kind of going through the daily routine and waking up in another day. And as she's on her commute, she kind of transforms. So, uh tell me about what that was like. Uh and that actress and that was phenomenal and all the guys in the subway. I love it all. That was one of the coolest uh one of my one of my favorite projects of yours, so.
1: Awesome, cool. Yeah. Means a lot. Um So, yeah, Evan or Fote is an artist that I've liked for a long time, and I've known him for a while. We grew up together, and uh, I'd wanted to do a music video for him, and I I had felt that way before he kind of blew up, and now he's, um, you know, touring the world, and it just felt like a good opportunity to sort of flex my skills as a film director, and, um, you know, he, he has done a lot of my a lot of my last photo videos he's done the music for um yeah he he's just worked a lot with me and been very generous so i kind of felt like i wanted to pay that back and yeah you i mean you said it his song Monday is about a, a sort of mundane routine and then how it transforms and i'm really interested in creating spectacles and in you know someone's in their day-to-day routine and all of a sudden like you know, what is that? Right. And whatever that is, like, I want to be responsible for creating that. I want to break people out of their routines. And, um, yeah, to, to, to me, that's what street art did and does. And that's, that's kind of what, you know, at a very simple level, I was interested in doing. Ashley has been a friend and she's a really talented choreographer and dancer. Um, she also works in film. And so I pitched her on, on the idea she was already out in California. And so we just picked a time and, um, <clears throat> you know, traded some reference back and forth. And then the shoot itself uh, got to collaborate with a director of photography who I, I love, this guy, Keenan Newman. And, you know, we had all of our locations picked and then just ran around with Ashley. She was wearing a silver unitard with bare feet, uh, just We're dancing just around the a little city. little dirty but it's <laughs> that's that's people if anyone like r- responds about that project it's always yeah. about her dirty feet and how it like grosses them out or how like, yeah. they could never do it
0: we had um it was beautiful though the way they like especially at the end like when you guys did like the, the feet going across really yeah. tastefully yeah. done I, yeah. it was worth her probably getting diseases transmitted on her feet but Yeah, had baby wipes
1: We had baby wipes in between tanks oh, good, with, like, good, good. oh my god <laughs> um and then like in the film you can see people's reactions and, uh, that old man,
0: it, I love him. The guy crossing the street, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah,
1: you, you can see that. And um, you know, it was great to work with the turf dancers in Oakland. Um, I had met some of them on the commute on the subway, seen them dancing. It was like, hey, I'd love to cast you and work with you guys and collaborate in this music video. They were super down, so that was fun. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that was a super fun project.
0: Yeah, that seems like it was fun. I, I can only imagine like what people's reactions were to to seeing that. Um, this has been so awesome, man. Getting to talk with you and uh, and your work is really truly inspiring to me in terms of like not just like normally I just see it and like wow that design is is like lit that's so cool. Sure. But your work makes me think and makes me uh, want to reflect inward instead of and pushing something out, which is really cool. And I think uh, as a designer, I aspire to do that kind of stuff. I don't know if it will be the same type of work, but definitely something that doesn't just shock but makes you kind of look inward so that's so cool yeah um,
1: cool that's, that's a great compliment thanks yeah, man
0: no yeah, no problem I, I still feel I still feel like a hack still working towards uh, <laughs> t- towards getting better uh, along that line um, you know looking back on your younger career and uh, growing up with your artsy <laughs> hippie parents uh, is there anything you've learned along the way that you would tell yourself your younger self
1: I think that something I, I still do well is I do a lot of outreach if I'm interested in something, or someone i'll just reach out to them and it doesn't mean that they get back to me sometimes i never hear back from the person or the thing or i get rejected um i've applied for the ted fellowship now four or five years in a row and i keep getting rejected (laughs) but 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 there's a um i'm I'm passionate about it and i'm persistent right and so i think that's one thing that i'll tell any uh you know any of my students I'll, i'll share just like reach out to people don't and then I think the other thing that I benefited from is the power of personal projects. And um, a friend and really talented artist, this guy, G. Lee. Have you heard of him?
0: Yeah. Is he at Google, he, right?
1: He was at Google. Now he's at Facebook.
0: Right. Oh, um, turf war. <laughs>
1: um, but he's Sorry. the man. He has, he has a yeah. great talk online called The Transformative Power of Personal Projects that really changed my perspective and inspired me to do a lot of personal work. And I think that's what, that's what I have my students do is just like do projects you're passionate about, um, the money will come, the work opportunities will come if you are able to really like scale and, you know, find, find also like what's, find your voice, find what are you passionate about? I think that like any young creative or person that wants to have a voice in culture, like go to therapy, uh, learn about your, or meditate or like. Be, be curious about what you're – write, you know, write in a journal every day. Um, anything you can do to learn more about who you are and what your unique story is so that you can then communicate from there. Right. You know, where, where do you struggle? Where do you have setbacks? Where do you thrive? Yeah. And um, you know, so I think those are a couple of things.
0: Ivan Cash, you are the man. Where can people find you? I know you have two awesome websites, both equally as good.
1: Sure. Um, one Same is Ivan. Dot, one <laughs> is Ivan.cash. Yep. And the other is cashstudios.co. And then on social channels, it's cash underscore studios.
0: Awesome. That's so cool. I hope, uh, I hope my 20 listeners will follow you. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, man. This is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Rob. And uh, let's be in touch.